Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week. And I have to admit, it's a bit of a wild week ahead that we have, and likely lots of different things that'll be happening over the course of the week ahead. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to break down the day itself today, and uh, that day started with the moon moving into the sign of Capricorn in preparation for its new phase, which is tomorrow. So we're going to talk about the day today, then we'll talk about the new moon, then we'll look ahead at the week, and that should take us a while. <laughs> it should take us a while. Uh, I hope everybody had a nice weekend and that you are all in a good place Uh at starting the, this particular week. And good morning to those of you who are just starting with me this morning, Kathleen and Debbie tippetts Tumiel and Asa. It's nice to see you all after uh, not seeing you since Friday. Wow. It's weird doing this new schedule, I have to admit. And I find myself floundering a bit, not because I don't have a lot of work to do, but exactly because of that and um, not knowing exactly what it is that I can provide for all of you as a group uh, that works with my schedule that also keeps me in contact with everyone. So uh, if anybody has great ideas about things that they want to hear about this year or anything that um is important to you that you want me to cover, please let me know. You can email that to me privately if you'd like at Janet at living-astrology.com or you can put it up in the chat box and eventually I will see that as well uh, or Asa will make sure she gets that to me. And um, or you know you can reach me on usually on, on Messenger uh, or through uh, texting if you have my phone number. Okay, so let's dive in, shall we? This morning at about 6.30 or 5.30, I guess it was my time, Pacific time, which would have been about 8.30 for those of you on the East Coast, the moon moved out of Sagittarius where it spent the weekend giving us that exploring and adventuring energy uh, and looking deeper into the answers of the bigger, wider universe to the sign of Capricorn, which is much more about goals and much more about getting things done in a stepwise progression. Today, the moon finds herself in a trine, which is a good aspect, right? A trine flows nicely uh, with both Mars and Uranus. So emotions flowing nicely with Mars and Uranus. Does that mean conflict and confrontation and, and shocking behavior easily flows? Or does it mean that we can easily tap into inspiration, awakening ourselves to higher truths and taking steps in a very positive direction? It's pretty much up to us, right? How is it that we're going to greet this energy? Uh, often it has to do with how the chart in your own personal uh, chart is set up. I mean, how the planets in your own personal chart are set up. A lot of planets in Capricorn might blur the vision of uh, the moon transiting through here. It could spike energies uh, that might create action in uh, your life. So looking at your own chart, find Capricorn, 
the house that Capricorn is in and the planets that might be in Capricorn are all going to give you clues as to how the moon's transit through Capricorn are going to affect you, as well as how tomorrow's new moon in Capricorn uh, will be affecting you. It also gives you clues as to where it is that you can set intentions for what comes next, right, for what you want to create uh, in 2021, primarily because Capricorn is a very goal-oriented sign. If we start to look at the things that Capricorn rules, success, goals, ambitions, time, you get an idea of where we can put our focus for this particular new moon. There is one other aspect today, though, that I want to talk about before I move on, and that is the moon in a conjunction to Venus, who has most recently moved into Capricorn herself. So she's taking a she's having us take a hard look at our values both collectively and individually and are we living according to those values and we see that the hallmarks of that all over the outer world right now uh, in all different kinds of ways through the healthcare system through the government system through elections through uh, institutions like education, etc. So we're, we're look, those are all of our global or our collective views. But then for you yourself, are you walking your talk? Are you living according to your stated goals? Or are you just sort of paying lip service to those things in your life? And if you are, then it's a call for you to get closer to uh, the, your actual truth to living from your authority, which seems to be what Venus uh, and the moon together in Capricorn seem to be bringing us. So we have two feminine sisters actually in a feminine sign, right? Capricorn itself is a sign that is feminine energy. So maybe it's about drawing up the actual feminine from within you and being receptive and open to receiving guidance from the universe as to what your next steps are. That could be very true as well. So if we look at Capricorn, then we see it as a sign that is ruled by Saturn. And Saturn has been a big player in our lives for the last two to three years, and is also going to be a big player in our lives for at least the next two years, as he is moving through a sign now that is one he rules in the traditional sense. And he's still aspecting things that are going on in Capricorn, that is a sign he also rules that, uh, Capricorn energy is about time and making sensible decisions in a resourceful way that will stand the test of time, right? We're looking at sustainability because Capricorn is a sign that wants to build wants to build on a sturdy foundation. But if you don't have that sturdy foundation there, then you're building on a house of sand, or you're building your house on sand, and it is likely going to crumble, or at least the weaknesses becoming exposed. So when we look at Capricorn energy and Saturn as the ruler, we're looking at can something stand the test of time? And if it can stand the test of time, then even battles and conflicts and upheavals will batter it a bit or dent it. But those things are fixable when you look at the fact it stands on a solid foundation. Saturn and Capricorn also rule responsibility. Responsibility in the sense of responsibility, the one word, being responsible for the creations that you are a part of, being disciplined, disciplining your mind, disciplining yourself, your body, um, uh, using uh, adult behavior, right? <laughs> 
Capricorn rules the adult energy, or Saturn at least rules the adult energy. So being mature and looking at things in a mature way, we have been sort of, and you've probably heard me say this before, since the ending of the Mayan calendar and the release of ourselves from the puppet strings of evolution, we have been sort of like teenagers running amok the moment we got some freedom. And it's time for us to mature, to really look at the decisions we're making and the thoughts that we're thinking and how they collectively affect the field of energy that we all live in. So it's important for us to really take responsibility as well. Two words now, responsibility, instead of being reactive to the things that are popping up in our world. So responsibility as being mature and responsible, and then responsibility that takes us out of reaction energy and helps us to build a response that is appropriate to what is going on in our world. And of course, Capricorn is a sign of goals and ambitions, the actual written down sort of plan of action. How am I going to get to my end result, right? I need the plan, the one step, the second step, the third step, the fourth step, and how, and then as well, the idea here being to achieve success, right? Capricorn loves success, loves recognition. And Saturn, as a master of karma, also likes to give you that recognition for your success. It's not that he's all, let's beat you down and uh, take that scythe and cut your legs out from under you. Nope, that's not what he is at all. But he will definitely point out, or the energy here will definitely point out where you're off track, and giving you the opportunity then to get back on track through response. It's a big word for us this year, response. So respect is another energy that comes through Capricorn. What we see here is that respect is earned. It is not something that you uh, get when you are not walking your talk, right? If you want respect, you must earn respect. That is the sign, or I mean, that is the message of Saturn in Capricorn. There is also a, a very big connection to our personal authority and to authority figures in Capricorn energy. So in, in Capricorn, we're dealing a lot with the traditional, right? So the things, the things that are tried and true that have withstood the tests of time. And so tradition and the things that we all love about our families, about our communities, about our countries, about the world that we live in, about the structures that we have built, all of those kinds of things uh, are a part of the Capricorn experience. But as well, it calls up our the need for our own authority, for us to claim our own authority. So what does that mean? Well, we, I had a discussion with somebody like this over uh, last week sometime about authority, authorship, right? What is, what are you writing into the book of your life? Because that is your authority. If you're writing into the book of your life about how things are not going well, then that's what you're, you're writing. That's what you're, you're authoring. That's where your authority is in the things that aren't going well. You can certainly recognize, wow, okay, so the steps that I've been taking are keep, keep bringing me to a lack of success, uh, keep bringing me problems or more challenges. So maybe I should stop what I'm doing and take a look at what I'm doing. And then maybe I should take a look at what's in my mind and then 
choose again, and then go forward, right? So authority holds power. Authority holds our wisdom. Authority in no small measure holds your truth, right? Your personal truth. So that's being called up within us during this time period that the moon focuses our attention on where are we claiming our authority and where we may not be. Maybe we're just giving it away, right? To outer powers. Um, because, you know, I'll tell you, other people outside of you are glad to grab your authority. They're glad to grab your power uh, if you relinquish it, right? But you don't have to do that. You can stand in your truth. That's what Capricorn energy reminds us, that we are all uh, sovereign beings. We all have a choice in how we show up in the world. And today, remember that as we walk through the final phase of the moon period and begin to look at tomorrow night's new moon that's going to take us into new Capricorn energy. In the negative uh, aspects of Capricorn, which we have to look at, right, there's an entire spectrum of ways that this energy can show up for us. But if we look at the more negative energies here, we find excessive control. And that excessive control creates a dampening down of our spirit, right? It's like a chokehold on your ability to find joy. So instead of finding joy and pleasure and bliss, you find a lack of joy. You find pessimism. The opposite of pessimism is Jupiter's optimism. So we have pessimism here in Saturn controlled territory when we have tried to exert excessive control or when others are excessively controlling you or our, us. Uh, inflexibility is another issue that pops up here where I refuse to yield my position, even if the handwriting is on the wall and it's broken and it's, you know, dying, uh, that inflexibility because of a fear of the new. So we're addressing some of the bigger issues that have been holding humanity to an old reality here in Capricorn energy so that we can free ourselves to be able to move on to the new, right? To the new. Uh, okay, uh, just checking Asa. Question from Ursula with Saturn in Aquarius, his old rulership, any emphasis here too? Absolutely, the nod from Saturn in Capricorn or from Capricorn energy is to Saturn in Aquarius and his traditional rulership here, which is about future orientation, right? If you don't build the solid foundation and live your authority in the Saturn ruled Capricorn, then bigger issues can pop up in the Saturn ruled Aquarian energy because we also have a co-ruler here uh, named Uranus. And remember what he does? He liberates you from all the things that have been holding you back. So we have, while we have some issues in Capricorn with Saturn that might feel dramatic and might feel um, almost depressive or melancholic at times in uh, Uranus and Saturn in Aquarius can almost feel exciting, can almost feel like, yes, I'm ready to let go of that old stuff and move forward. Uh, the problem is sometimes uh, detachment in Aquarius, but also Aquarius is a fixed sign and while it's an air sign and open with curiosity to new ideas and inspiration, if that new idea or that new inspiration doesn't fit the mold of what they expect it to be, then there's problems, right? Then they too get caught up and stuck in a pattern. And that release, you know, it's like 
right now here we are sitting at the beginning of a new decade, two decades of um, Jupiter and Saturn having come together at zero Aquarius. And we know that there's this new energy coming, that, that we have new potential, that there's innovation and new ideas and out of the box thinking, but we're still caught up and still lagging behind the new with still Saturn's energies, uh, you know, in Capricorn hanging back a bit. So eventually, yes, we're going to see that we're going to uh, overcome that fixity in Aquarius. But I'm hoping that we don't go from one fixed idea into another fixed idea so that we can be ready to move, you know, in um, new ways. Uh, in I, I noted something. What was it I noted this morning? You know, I get all these. I, I have been living an alternate life. I know I have been because I wake up feeling like, wow, where have I been? And one of the thoughts I woke up with this morning was this idea of the underdog and how the underdog energy is winning. So, and, and I'm going to give you a football explanation just because, you know, it was so obvious this weekend as the Seahawks met up with the Rams, we were hands down supposed to beat them. They were the underdogs going in. Their, their quarterback is hurt. Uh, the, during the game, the, the, the extra quarterback got hurt. He was sent to the hospital and the quarterback who had a broken thumb and pins and all this had to come into the game. They won the game. Then fast forward to yesterday's game against the Steelers and the Browns and who wins? The underdog Browns. And I'm going to take you back to the Capitol insurrection last week where it appears that there's this underdog sort of quality where, um, you know, part of the masculine, white masculine is, is feeling like the underdog and they're breaching, uh, reaching and breaching into uh, the more traditional energy. They're wanting to claw their way backwards to that. And the underdogs, right? So it's the time of the underdogs. And it reminds me that Aquarian energy also stimulates those grassroots movements, right? And the grassroots ability to come together as community and be strong enough to change the conversation and change what's happening. That's a lot of answer to your question, Ursula, I know. <laughs> uh, but that's the potential here, is that we're seeing that there is a quality of the underdog that we've maybe not paid too much attention to, that um, in, in our not paying attention to it, we pay the price in losing a football game or in an insurrection that we all should have seen coming, right? Because there was this undervalued part of society. And, uh, and it's going to happen. I mean, it happens all the time or has been happening all the time uh, over the last year where we see groups that have been held back, tamped down, rising up and claiming, wanting to claim their authority. So we have to come to a recognition that uh, we have been, you know, squelching some parts of, of society. Saturn, Jupiter, Pallas Athena, and the inner planets, as they begin to move, Mercury's already there, as they begin to move through Aquarius, that, that is going to become a louder drumbeat, where you're going to see more, hopefully not of the blowback kind of energy, but the need for all of us to come back to unity and to togetherness and to build a community, right, and uh, a commonness that we can all share. So living from common values, where you know, we're not, um, 
we're not forgetting a, a piece or marginalizing a piece of, of our population. So I'm getting off the soapbox now. Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you for that question, Ursula. It was a good one. Let's take a look now at what is potential for the new moon. It is a very powerful new moon occurring at 23 degrees of Capricorn. That degree might sound familiar. We've had a lot of connection with 22, 23, and 24 degrees of Capricorn over the last year as Saturn and Pluto connected there then Jupiter and Pluto connected there, and then Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto connected there, Pallas Athena, don't forget her, she's been in there. She's also a goddess of wisdom, and she's helping the, uh, the those of us who have been marginalized count our authority, right, bringing it back in, right, that goddess of uh, helping not only women, but as well men, the masculine and the feminine, to bring back their power, to come back into our, our power, and then to liberate ourselves from those things that have held us down. So we have uh, a degree of the zodiac that has been activated many times over the last year. Now you have a new moon there. I mean, symbolically, it's really pretty good, right, to look at a new moon at a degree that has created such chaos in the last year, and we see that there's potential to rebuild from that chaotic point. Now, I'm going to show you really quickly, let me make sure I can open up my desktop here. Oh, I, yes, I can, desktop, and I don't want the remote, I just want that one. And uh, no, that is not what I want. So, okay, we're going to go to... Got to think of where I put this. January. It was January's webinar. One moment. So I'm going to bring up the slide for um, the new moon and share my screen. And I'm sorry, this isn't going to be as big as it usually is when I do this because I can't get to my desktop. I should have known better. Uh, at any rate, so we have the new moon. This is the chart of the new moon. And you can see we have this gang of planets that are going to be a part of and activated during the new moon tomorrow, which, by the way, happens at 12.01 a.m. on the 13th if you're on the East Coast and 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're on the West Coast, it happens to tomorrow night. And if you are on the East Coast and into Europe and further East, it happens on the 13th. So either way you look at it, we're, we're coming up to a new moon window, the new moon in Capricorn. This new moon is gonna be conjunct Pluto, always a powerful moon uh, on 23 degrees of Capricorn. Now, if you look at Pluto and the moon coming together, there's a really good book for those of you who want to take this further. It's called The Hades Moon. Hades, H-A-D-E-S, like the god of the underworld, Hades Moon. And it, it goes through some of the more powerful connections that happen when the moon, which represents our soul and our emotions and our, our past, um, not only just the past, like this lifetime, but ancestrally. And Pluto, that represents the uh, volatile sometimes or pressured changes that need to take place uh, within the family lineage or within a group or within just 
within humanity. It's evolutionary uh, impulse. So what we have then is this idea of soul growth and soul evolution in response to crises, crisis or crises. I added the crises uh, as an afterthought because it seems like we've had one after another going on. It's not just one crisis. It is a multiple, a multiplicity of crises that we've been experiencing over time. And it's sort of this culminating now into, do we choose to grow and evolve from this? I don't know that we have a choice. I think we're being pushed fully into behaviors in, in a new way. And that makes this particular new moon pretty complex because there's so many different things going on here. We have Venus in a trine to Mars that is almost to a conjunction with Uranus. Right here, you see Mars and Uranus. They are only four degrees away from each other. This is volatility. This is exact on January 20th during the presidential inauguration here in the US. It's a very dangerous day. Another very dangerous day that we're looking at uh, coming up right here in front of us and in the wake of a new moon. So new, new potential, new something perhaps available to us uh, and we can maybe look at this as a liberating force, as a, a turning the corner and moving in a new direction. Let us pray, right? And not the, vol the, vol the violence and the volatility that we just experienced when we saw the squaring um, or the very final degree of Mars at, in Aries and his movement into Taurus moving ever closer to that conjunction with Uranus. Um, also, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury, all very close together here. Here's Pluto, here's Saturn, here's Jupiter, here's Mercury. So it's Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury that are all sitting within about four degrees of one another. And they are in a square, this red line right here, very demonstrative of the square to Mars and Uranus. That is also exceedingly potentially um, changing, life-changing, altering um, the course of history even. And which way will it go, right? Well, my guess is um, there may be some disruptions in the market. This is Taurus after all. It is a financial uh, sort of place, the economy. Uh, it could be spelling greatness for the market. Maybe it just gets all overly optimistic all of a sudden and blossoms. Uh, I'm not sure about that, though, with Saturn and Jupiter here, there seems to be sort of this need to keep things in uh, proportion. Uh, Mercury here as well during the new moon, new messages coming. Um, I, I just feel like there is still some volatility out there that we haven't always and we haven't in any way really dispelled. Uh, we haven't really addressed the underlying issues of what has happened and what continues to happen in the uh, breakdown of the systems that we have. So hopefully we have opportunities and maybe this represents those opportunities. After all, it is a new moon. And here is that trine. You see this blue line that leads down from Venus um, in newly into Capricorn. She's only at like, what, five degrees? Um, and in a trine to... Uh, that Mars-Uranus conjunction. The aspect pattern formed, I'm going to have to do a separate webinar on um, at some point in time, because this is, some, some astrologers call this a wedge. And you can see, because there's this connection from Venus also 
to Saturn, Jupiter, and uh, Mercury. This is a 30 degree relationship, which is a semi-sextile. So you have a semi-sextile, you have a square, and you have a trine, and the three of these things tend to make a pattern that is about overcoming old patterns. So we have potential here, but this uh, can also represent breakdown, breakdown to rebuild, or does it represent the overcoming of that breakdown that we've endured and building something new forcefully or profoundly moving forward in a new direction? So wherever it is that you have both Capricorn, Aquarius, and Taurus in your own personal charts, this is where this particular overcoming old patterns is happening for you personally, because these are some inner planets that are also playing here. This isn't just those outer planets that are morphing the outer world or morphing uh, the collective. The newer, the inner planets, excuse me, are also creating a pathway for us as individuals to let go of the old patterns through time and effort, putting the time and the effort in to create something new on a personal level. Um, by the way, we sort of address this in your astrology of 2020, 2021 reading, uh, which by the way, I'm offering only until the 31st of the month. I know a lot of you have had those readings because I've met with a lot of you. Um, but there are still some of you out there who have not taken advantage of that reading. Uh, at the end of the video today, look in the description, and I will have the link for that there. Actually, I should have sent that to Asa so she can make sure that's out to everybody. And uh, then you can discover for yourself where this overcoming old patterns uh, is happening in your own chart. All right, so that's our new moon. You get the idea. It's kind of powerful, right? that there's a lot to it, that there's a lot that is riding on our own personal ability to connect to what's coming up next. And um, okay, so I thought maybe I was getting a new question. No new question. I think it was Ursula just uh, clarifying. So what do y'all all think about that? Give me some of feedback here. Uh, let's look at the, hi, JLo. Uh, thank you so much for the reminder. She says, please take a moment and hit the thumbs up button if you're liking the video. Feel free to share this with your friends or your social media. And uh, thank you very much, JLo, for bringing that up. Good morning, Adrian Jones. Um, Kathleen Mallory, I love this community. I've been enjoying associations in the Facebook page community. Kathleen, I would love to use that wedge to let go of some of my old patterns that do not serve me. Kathleen, have we talked about your astrology of 2021 yet? Because I don't remember you being there. Maybe I'm, maybe you're still into the future here. Uh, JLo, oh shoot, I'm a Taurus sun. How will it play out more intense for me? Because you are a Taurus. <laughs> you, you embody those Taurian traits where things do tend to get a little caught up and stuck. Taurus is a sign that loves the solidity of the earth, that loves the practical, that loves things to be steady and uh, true. And when you have planets like Mars and Uranus coming together, they are both action-oriented planets. Mars's action is about dynamic forward momentum. It wants to get through the slog to get to the new energy. And Uranus is slowly liberating us you know, my guess is by the end of the time that Taurus has played host to Uranus, just before Uranus moves into Gemini, we're going to see likely 
change, huge changes in our financial system. I, I would even think that maybe the U.S. dollar as the standard by which all uh, currencies are based, losing that status. And I would see that maybe cryptocurrencies become more popular. Uh, we're already seeing it. My, my own Bitcoin has gone through the roof. It's amazing to watch it because it was so low for so long. And uh, I mean, it went high and then it came back down and now it seems to be trending higher and higher. And uh, so we have interesting differences that are happening in our financial world. So more and more of that preparing, you know, us for uh, a big change that comes in about five years when uh, Uranus moves out of Taurus and into Gemini. So for the time being, what's being shown to us are all the places where we've been stuck. And likely that's happening to you too, JLo, as a Taurus, you too, Debbie Tibbetts, to meal as a Taurus and anybody else out there, because I can't think right now who else are my Taurians. Um, but you two who are born on April 23rd, I think you're April 23rd, JLo, I know you are Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, is that on April 23rd, we, you have a stellium in Taurus on top of your sun that can make for some profound changes in your life, the buildup to it, the actuality of the uh, conjunction, and then the waning of that, possibly changing the whole dynamic in your world. So for good, maybe, right? It doesn't have to mean that it's negative or uh, not positive. It just means liberating in some way. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, Adrian Jones, good morning. Asa, welcome home. Oh, she's talking to Asa or Adrian. Uh, I think I got all of the questions so far. Christine Buckingham, good morning. Uh, ascendant and south node in Taurus. You're affected as well, Christine. Amanda J, does that affect Taurus rising too? Yes, it does. If you're using the chart that I've given you, which is now whole sign, then right from the beginning of a planet's move into Taurus, it's affecting your first house, the first house of you, right? So your own um, viewpoint, the way that you uh, address the world, the way that you see the world, the way that you see yourself in the world, uh, your personality, your viewpoint, all of that is affected by uh, Taurus, if that is your rising sign. And if you are using the Placidus uh, system or one of the other systems that break the houses up into different parts at times, almost all the time it happens in those systems, then you're coming out of the darkness of the 12th house or the, the hidden aspects and out into the light. So there can be some letting go of some old stuff um, that you've been holding on to. And Debbie says, yes, and I'm in a universal year, uh, but I don't know which universal year you're in. So five year, are you in a five year? Like the universal year is a five. So if you're in a five year, that's a big year of change and movement and breaking free, right? The, the, the five numerologically is about the correct use or the constructive use of freedom and a five universal year. Yeah, there, there you go. So five change. So it's, it's big. It can be very big and it can really be exposing you to where it is that you have been stuck in the old and where you need to make breakthroughs. And it can be, you know, literally Debbie Tibbetts, I see Tumiel, I see your breakthrough coming from uh, things like we discussed this weekend with mediumship, right? And you're reclaiming those um, skills and those powers that you've always had that just sort of were dormant for a while. So reclaiming a very, um, 
basic part of yourself that you came to the planet with could be exactly what is the meaning for this for you. So pretty cool. And uh, JLo, I don't know what, what house that is for you, but or anybody else, by the way, who is looking or, or working this energy, uh, but it can be a very big year for change and for upsets and upheavals. But the upsets and upheavals tend to come when you resist the change. <laughs> if you don't resist what's happening and you just go with that flow and you embrace something new, then it doesn't seem so terrible, right? It doesn't seem like you, you know, uh, greet it with uh, that that fear. Uh, so go with the flow, wherever it's taking you, be open, open-hearted, open-armed, open-minded, and just go with that flow, right? Releasing yourself from any of the chains that you have been bound by in the past. Okay, so uh, let's go on to talk about the week in general. The reason I said it was going to be a wild week wasn't just because of the new moon, uh, the week itself seems to have a bit of a wild quality to it. Even the weather here, at least where I am, started out wild. High winds, rain, and uh, just chaos. I mean, things blowing around the yard that we forgot to tie down yesterday because yesterday was a decent day. So we start the week with wild weather, and I'm pretty sure that wild weather moves east as time goes on. So if you're not experiencing it now, you may later. Um, today, also, Mercury comes into a conjunction with Jupiter. So that's kind of one of those harbinger things for this new moon as well. Mercury has the qualities of the mind and has the quality of communication, right? How we teach, what we're learning, um, how we are uh, using our thinking patterns. And it, in a conjunction to Jupiter, this is expansive energy. So we're bringing this energy first of expansion, but right after the expansion is the contraction because Saturn isn't that far behind. So later in the day, Mercury comes into a Saturn conjunction and the Saturn conjunction has the, the net effect of limitation or constriction or focus, right? It could be focus. So if we have the first part that is Jupiter driven, that actually it would have been the Saturn part that came first. So we have the focus and concentration, and then we have the expansion. So what are you focusing on? And then where, how do you take that and expand? So that is also energy that is powerful for this particular uh, new uh, uh, week. Now I want to take a look at the human design aspect because it is also very powerful this week. And uh, how did I get here? Let's go to the desktop and I want to get the uh, January week one or week three. Gosh, we're already in week three of our human design. And I'm going to share my screen here with everybody and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. And here we go. Perfect. So week three begins today, January 11th through the 15th. And what we have is seeing a bigger purpose, right? While trusting that even if we don't see all the details right now, if we can't see all of the rocks in front of us that are going to get us across the river, that they will be forthcoming in right timing. Uh, I had to share the story of the river and the rocks with someone this week, and I don't remember last week, and I don't remember now who it was. Um, but it was a very powerful reminder, the story of the woman trying to cross the river, asking God, how am I supposed to get across this river? There's nothing, there's no bridge, there's no path across this river. And God said, look down, or source said, look down, and a rock appears, and she can step out onto the rock, and she's like, oh my God, now I'm in the middle of this rushing river, how am I going to get across the river? And look down, there's the next rock. 
So having faith that the next rock, the next step, the next path forward is going to be there. So it's always taking us and bringing us into the now moment. And that is partly with the sun at the gate 61, which is the gate of wonder. I wonder what the next step is going to be. I wonder how better this can get, how much better this can get. Uh, maintaining a state of I wonder and awe instead of figuring it out, right? This is a gate that in the Gene Keys shows us the shadow is psychosis. There's a bit of psychosis out there in the world, isn't there, to be sure. And that is because we're living in this shadow. And to move out of the shadow, we have to gain inspiration. We have to become inspired about what more is possible, about what comes next, about what more, how much better can this be? If we can become inspired by awe and wonder, then we connect to magical reality, which is driven by our thoughts being on the things that are possible and not on just the details of what we see. So the, the sun giving us the contact with wonder and awe, while the earth at the gate now in quantum human design, we call this the gate of preparation, not preposition, preparation, where we have to trust that all the details that we need, all the facts and the figures and the way forward will be there in the right moment, right? So without having to have all of those details, right? One, 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 all the way down where we have all these details and now we're confused. So gate 62, helping us to be prepared, but in for the right timing to express um, our next steps, let's say. So the shadow here is intellect, interesting shadow, don't you think? Intellect, we think of intellect as something positive, but the intellect is something that can actually become a shadow when we are so focused on the mind and uh, trying to figure out how we're supposed to do something that we lose the magic and the wonder up here in the gate 61. Remember the earth sets up the evolutionary field that we're going to be taking or the evolutionary path that we're taking for the week. So we're having to stick with whatever is going on in the moment and trusting that the next moment will be revealed in the right timing. And there's a gift here of precision and impeccability is uh, what the word is for this Sidhi, the highest expression of the gate 62 is impeccability. What does impeccability mean to you? That's a great question for you maybe to contemplate. What does that mean? When I look at impeccability, it's about really holding myself to my truth, to walking my talk, to being impeccable in my word, impeccable in my uh, way of being in the world. So take a look at those words for yourself and see what you guys think of that. Um, let me stop sharing my screen for a minute. Uh, there. And I want to go back to, uh, I want to show you the just now chart for today as well, uh, because that shows us what all of the energies are doing. And eventually you guys, I hope will know uh, today's 111. I just realized that 111 and uh, yeah, 1115. So it's not just 111, it is 1115 which is a, an eight. So it's a heart connection kind of day, kind of like that too. 
All right, I'm going to share my screen so that you can see the full human design chart for the day. You can get this at any time that you want to off jovianarchive.com. There is a, a little drop-down menu that's named resources. If you hit the little button right next to it, the little uh, downward arrow, it'll say just now chart. And you can get this at any point in the day that you want to. It shows us that the sun is at the gate 61, the earth at the gate 62. Here's the gate 61 in the head center, the gate 62 sitting on the throat leading up to the Ajna. The moon today at the gate 10, at least for the moment, later in the day, the sun or the uh, moon will move. And the gate 10 is an interesting gate. It's a gate of the love of the self. So it's about self-love right? The love that I have for myself to support myself to make decisions that are good for me. And it is also uh, hanging here. It's not connected up to the gate 20 or the 57 or the 34. So that leaves open to how it could be expressed in your own personal chart by how it is that your own chart is connected to those 20, to the gate 20, to 57 and to 34. So I'm going to use you as an example, Asa. Is that cool? Asa has the sun, I believe it is, at the gate 57. So today, the gate 10 Asa is going to connect down to the gate 57, which is, in your case, the gate of intuition and clarity. You may find some, uh, this, and it might not be all day, so just maybe the early part of this day for you, where you can connect to some inner truth, some inner awakening that is like, aha, right, that I didn't have before about how you can be most kind, loving, gentle, and generous and compassionate to your own self, right? I can't remember if 57 is connected to 34 uh, or if it's connected to 20 or both, uh, but if it is, then you're going to be completing an entire circuitry in your human design today and for the next few hours called the integration circuit, where you are able to integrate different parts of yourself all together. And this may be a very good morning for you to become more creative, which I noticed this morning when I said good morning to you, you said that you felt very creative. That's an expression of it. And it might be a great time to journal anything that has been nagging at you about what's going on in your life or about the decisions that you need to make so you can gain some clarity. So there you have just a quick explanation of how these hanging gates can actually function to complete a, your human design in a new way. Um, we also have um, Venus at the gate 10. So we have Venus at the gate 10 and we have the moon at the gate 10, right? Remember this morning, what did I tell you? The moon was conjunct Venus. So we have two planets here. Venus in human design plays out in your relationships. She's also relationship oriented in astrology, but in particular here, she acts as a mirror to what you're seeing in the relationships that you have. And also because this is exciting, we have Venus or Jupiter and Saturn all at the gate 41 right down here. This is the gate of the new year and the human design new year is about to start in uh, a week from this Friday. And that's when the sun comes to roost here at the gate 41 and begins with an impulse, right? An impulse or a, a pushing outward of creative and imaginative energy to begin the new year the actual uh, energy of the new year. So uh, not only are Jupiter and Saturn at the gate 41 right now, Mercury also happens to be there because all three of those planets are in a conjunction-ish 
right? They're close to a conjunction-ish. Um, we see that we have a lot of imagination energy, a lot of ability right now to focus on what do we want and where do we want to go and who do we want to do that with and what can we dream, dreaming the dream. The next step, of course, is to bring the dream into reality, but the reality doesn't start until we have a dream. So I have a dream. What is that dream? Bringing the dream into reality. All right. So I'm going to stop sharing that. And Asa, questions out there from anybody? Any questions from you about what I just kind of threw out at you about your human design? Uh, okay, um, let's see here. Any other questions? Uh, yes, I've been journaling, creating through writing. Thank you, you're very welcome. JLo says, I have my son in gate 41. Uh, it must be your design son, I would bet, because if your birthday is in... Uh, Taurus, then it would be a different gate that's sitting at your, um, in the personality column. So your design crystal with sun would be at gate 41, which is a call to your life purpose from the sun in your soul's purpose to move to some imagination, right? To use some imagination in looking at the wider perspective of your life and then bringing that in, right? To maybe as a Taurus, the job that you have is to bring into reality to crystallize those things that lie in your creative imagination. So perfect. All right. Now I've got to pull out my Pleiadian calendar because God only knows I haven't had time to really look at this one. So let's look at this together, shall we? Here we are. Today is the 11th, uh, January 11th. Today is nine listening energy. Listening energy in the Mayan calendar was um, Akbal. And Akbal was kind of a representation of the night and the night where it's quiet, the night, the dark, where there are sometimes those fears that lie, you know, that we are afraid of the dark. Um, we are afraid to go into the dark, into the dark places within us. The nine energy is about merging these different worlds, merging all of these different energies together to create uniformity, to create unity, to create a coherence. And so if we're going to create a coherence, it starts with listening energy. So that's what we're looking at. Ah, there was something else I wanted to share with you guys on Friday. So if you guys got the new calendar, so I got to go back to Zoom because in YouTube it's lagging. Ah. Here we go. So the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar for 2021, just as beautiful as the 2020, only this is an 18-month calendar now, not just a 12-month calendar. And she added a new section toward the back that is um, about the weeks, the, the, the energy of the beginning of a week of a 13-day period. So back here toward the back, it's called the 13-day period explanations. Right, so I do this, I call these the umbrella energies. She calls them the overlighting energies, but they carry the energy of whatever has begun at the beginning of that week, all the way through the 13 day spiral of consciousness. I wanted to read to you what seeing was about because that was our umbrella energy back nine days ago, right? Was seeing. And it says a period with a strong need to see the big picture and live by ahimsa, which is the meaning do no harm. Refraining from rash decisions and actions that may affect many people. 
ahimsa, right? Do no harm. And that is kind of this overlighting energy or the overtone or the umbrella energy for the whole of the 13 day period. And now we bring ourselves to the day nine, right? Where the day nine, and if you go to your universal energies on the back page, right? You get a quick little primer here. What is that? Harmonizing energy. Harmonizing day for bringing more harmony into your life. So it's not merging. That's seven. Duh. And today being listening, listening energy, practice empathy, care, and responsibility. The inappropriate response to today's energy is pessimism, controlling, and troubled energy. So again, at the back of the calendar, you get the... Um, quick rundown of what the day's energies are about. And of course, usually I have more time and I'm giving you that, but because I'm on a Monday, Friday schedule right now, that leaves you few other days in the week where you need to know what's going on, get your calendar, right? You can go to piaorlean.com and get your calendar ordered. If you still haven't gotten it, hold on. They were having some issues with the mail delivery here in the U.S., I have a feeling that's probably healed now that the election is over and uh, mail is back to normal, hopefully. We'll see. And not a lot of Christmas packages. Hopefully you're getting your stuff. Um, but having that and as well, the book that's written about uh, Pleiadian Earth astrology. All right. Let me see here. Is there any... Oh, somebody just bought a reading. Woohoo! Uh, good job, Alexis. And uh, no questions out there, Asa. I got all of those. Okay. That's it for me today. I feel like there's something else I needed to tell you about today, but I really have exhausted everything. I don't think I went through the rest of the week, did I? <laughs> I kind of got off track. So let's go through the rest of the week because I'm pretty sure I got to Monday with Mercury conjunct Jupiter and then we went into HD. So tomorrow, new moon, Mercury squaring Uranus. That's another big energy that's part of that new moon we talked about. On Wednesday, I starred Wednesday. Um, it's not quite the same energy as January 6th, when I told you that was like a red letter day. Uh, the 13th Wednesday this week is a sort of maybe a magenta colored day, uh, where next week's 20th is another red kind of day. And that's because tomorrow or on Wednesday this week, Uranus changes direction. He moves from retrograde into forward motion. And anytime a planet changes, we call it a station. When a planet comes to a slowdown, comes to a stop almost, or at least that's what it looks like. Certainly the planet isn't stopping, but it's it appears to stop and then uh, reverse direction. So in this case, it's reversing. It's not really reversing. It's going forward, back to forward motion. And on that same day, Mars is square Saturn. We've had many iterations of Mars square Saturn over the last few months. We've lived it since August, I believe, where at various times, Mars and Saturn come into this square that creates conflict. It creates confrontation. It creates some irritability, uh, some tension, right? That That's begging to be broken. And so some tension building up on Wednesday, Uranus changing direction might break that tension and there could be some more you know big news stories or big issues that we might have to address um, these are outer planets um, well one outer planet one personal planet so it can affect us individually but also in affect us as a collective venus also trines uranus that day uh, i don't know if that is both of those are part personal part uh collective so 
Wednesday, highlight that day. Thursday, Mercury moves into the pre-retrograde shadow at 11 degrees of Aquarius. That same day is another sort of reddish day as the sun hits Pluto in a conjunction. This is an annual event, so it's not as a big deal as, you know, some of the other things that have been happening. But it's certainly a yearly connection that the sun, the light of our universe, makes to the lord of the underworld or the god of the underworld. So shining a very big spotlight on the shadow uh, of whatever it is that we've been holding back or that we've not wanted to face. So there we have a big shadow being exposed. Uh, Friday, nothing much. Saturday is the new, the next new human design week. And on Sunday, Jupiter squares Uranus. That is one of those lead ups to the 20th uh, that is activated on Sunday, but in activation throughout the week next week. Um, and that is, you know, also the possibility of some more shakeups and surprises, hopefully positive things, but I'm not sure. We'll see. All right. That is it for me today. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I will see you again on Friday. And on Friday, guess what? Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith will be with me. It is their monthly joining of me here in Living Astrology to talk about what is happening from the viewpoint of the Pleiadian uh, Earth uh, energy, but as well from LARCMA, the group of Pleiadians that they together channel. So it's always fun to have them with us. And then we'll take a look ahead at the weekend. All right, don't forget, I would love to have your input. I said this early in the show, so maybe some of you weren't here yet, but I would love to have your input as to what you would like to hear from me this year, uh, because I'm kind of lost <laughs> at the moment. I'm not sure what direction to go in. I'm sort of sitting back waiting for direction for those possibilities to show up. And I think maybe some of you might hold the key what would you like to learn? What would you like to know about? And would you like that content delivered through videos, through courses, through uh, blog posts, through, I, I don't know, give me ideas, guys. If you so wish, you can send that to me directly at Janet at living-astrology.com. Or you can certainly message me on Messenger or send it to me through Facebook. Or you can even type it in in the uh, comment section uh, of today's video or any video for that matter. So I'm asking for input. I would love to get it and take care. Have a great day, guys. Bye for now.